All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uh, this episode of the Time Filler Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Uh Joining me tonight is executive producer, Patrick Grubish. Yep. Yep. And then uh, we've also got Nate the Great Verhagen. How's it going, party people? And then, uh, if all goes well, we're going to be joined by Garen Merritt, longtime friend of the show, first time on the show. <laughs> Was, this is right. so smooth. So, so we're a couple beers deep. At least I am. And I'm not. Yeah, we just got done with our fantasy draft. Um, a lot of a lot of time filler friends are on there. We've got Brian Jans, Nick Malum, Jack Nelson, uh, Brian Brian Ortman. He's been on the show. Um, <laughs> so a lot of a lot of well known names in the time filler universe. So, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the format of the draft this year before these guys kind of talk a little bit about their teams. So, it's a it's pretty standard. It's a 10-team league, snake draft. It's a two-quarterback league, so you get to start two quarterbacks. That obviously kind of changes the uh, structure of everything. Half-point PPR, mostly because I think PPR is stupid, but everybody wanted to do it, so I caved last year and we did half. Um, and I think that's about it. Um, it was a little impromptu, so I didn't quite get the prep that I wanted, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I'm just going to use it as an excuse. <laughs> you should. I should. My team's shit. <laughs> uh, so I guess, Nate, how did your night go? Uh, overall, I thought it went fairly well. Uh, ended up with... Oh, hold up! We're joined. We're joined by Garen Merritt. Okay. Garen, the people. Yep, I'm here. Yeah, good to hear you. <laughs> what? A... Took a while to get in, but I made it. All what right. a train wreck! Hop <laughs> <laughs> on. All right. Uh, so, uh, Garen, we're gonna go around and just kind of have folks talk about how their night went. We're gonna lead off with Nate because I have him coming into work tomorrow at six a.m. So, it's it's volunteer volunteer work. Volunteer. Uh, yeah, Keep you know, moving. I, I felt good starting off. Got uh, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson at QB. I just had nightmares of last year. Uh, yeah, because you had bad quarterbacks last year. Really bad. Yeah. And I ended up trading away Drew Brees to Mitch Depke, which that one hurt pretty badly. Yep. Um, as he was one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And then um, running back position, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell were my first two picks. Not not pretty. That's your that's your Achilles. Yeah, you know? it, yeah it, time. you know they could be guys. I I just need them to get touches. That's all I need. And then uh, wide receiver position: Michael Thomas and Will Fuller. Um, Will Fuller was kind of a sleeper. That was a nice pick. Did you guys did you guys even think about drafting Will Fuller tonight? Yep, I did not. Thank you, Patrick. I mean, no, I, I did. That's a really good pick. I mean, I knew there'd be space in Houston. I got hit the second wide receiver there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Zach Ertz at tight end, which would be great if it was 2016. <laughs> <laughs> he might turn back the clock. Um, yeah. And then, like, I got the Patriots, Patriots defense and then Zane Gonzalez, who, you know, honestly, I just picked him because he had the most uh, field goal attempts of the, the kickers left. So. <laughs> um, I feel like that's a fairly good good way to choose is just sheer attempts. 
Um, so who would you say is, was your worst pick of the night? <laughs> Looking back, who was, who's a pick you wish you had? That's been? an awesome question. Absolutely. hundred percent. Larry Fitzgerald. I, I, <laughs> I boneheadedly thought that, uh, I forgot that DeAndre Hopkins was on the Cardinals. So right. here, here I am drafting Christian Kirk. And I, I thought I was so sly because it was so late. And I'm like, I got the first number one uh, wide receiver in Arizona. And then for my last pick, I picked Larry Fitzgerald because I'm like, he's old. He's also the second guy. But in reality, I blank. There's a there's a big dog there. Did you you want to know a fun fact about Larry Fitzgerald? I'd love to hear it. He has more tackles than drops <laughs> in his career. You know that? I didn't know that. That's such a fun stat. <laughs> and I've I've seen the highlight tape of his tackles as well, and I they're not bad. They really aren't bad. But I think it's because he's had guys who who liked it, like Kurt Warner. I, he was very interception prone. Yep, he was. Yeah. Um, you know. So yeah. No, that was good. You have a good team. I think. I think you definitely have a good shot, especially with those two quarterbacks leading the way to make a lot of noise. Running backs hurt though. Definitely hurt. Yeah, especially if Le'Veon Bell throws another fit this year. So, all right. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for coming by. Stopping by at Tom Tom Filler at the house. Great. Um, Well, uh, Garen, you want to get your podcast sea legs wet a little bit here and talk about your team? Yeah, you know, I I suppose. Uh, I I, I guess I'll start off by saying that I – not a football man myself. Just oh sure, uh, yeah. I whole lot about the game itself. Never played it. Only follow it during uh, fantasy season. Okay. So uh, I guess we'll just start off at the top. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got my two quarterbacks, Dak, Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan. I'm pretty happy with my picks. Um, picked Matt Ryan up pretty late in in the game, and uh, he was. I, I was surprised he was still there and. Dak and hopefully he doesn't uh, kind of fall apart like he seems to do at the uh, end of the season every year. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got a uh, I got Tua as well, so I'm kind of ho- waiting for um, Ryan Fitzpatrick Week Eight fall apart that he seems to do just about yearly, and for Tua to take over and run the show there for the rest of the season. Ah, uh, the old Dak for Tua switch. Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty excited to see uh, Fitzpatrick's fall from grace this year. They seem to get better every year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving down the list, running backs. I had the first pick, so of course I took uh, Christian McCaffrey. Pretty excited about that one. Yeah, he seemed uh, to have a really good season last year. I liked watching the games in college when he was there, and just how he kind of ran over the defenses and. Small guy, but he makes a lot of big moves. Yep, I would have to agree. He's he's pretty clearly the number one uh, pick across fantasy this year. Yep, that's what I also found in my five minutes of research prior to drafting. Yeah, that makes it easy. <laughs> and then I got the uh, I got the veteran Melvin Gordon in my uh, second running back spot. I'm not too necessarily excited about it, but I think he'll be a placeholder in my team in that running back number two spot, unless he, you know, gets injured, which I think he has done in the previous season. He already is. I think he's right now listed as questionable. <laughs> yeah, well, he's questionable right now, but I think reading this rib injury. 
Oh yeah. And he's he's expected expected to come back here pretty soon. Sure. And then on the bench for running backs, we got Matt Breida, who I know absolutely nothing about, and Duke Johnson, the crafty veteran out of Houston. <laughs> ah yes. Yeah. So can we talk about the fact that you have Jamison Crowder in your flex? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about that? Yeah, I, I, I suppose that we can. Yeah, um, Jameson Crowder is not a man that I uh, know anything about. He <laughs> just kind of fell into the flex position um, on draft order, I suppose. Like, where did you get these wide receivers? You have A.J. Brown, Jameson Crowder, Deontay Johnson, and Preston Williams. <laughs> Don't forget Golden Tate and Odell Beckham Jr., uh, yeah, but Golden Tate's, I mean, you picked him as like your seventh wide receiver. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know what my, uh, what my game plan going into drafting was. And I probably ended up with one or two many wide receivers. Golden Tate's already also 32. So it's not like a savvy pick anymore. Well, I mean, I, I will always have Golden Tate as 25 in my head. <laughs> I'm, He's not. I'm pretty sure I, I'd have to look at my order, but I'm pretty sure I got him in the 17th round. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a name that stood out on the draft board for me, someone that's been on my team for the last couple of years. He's done me dirty a couple of times, but for the most part, he's uh, treated me very well. Yeah, I think Golden Tate's specialty is doing people dirty. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so same question to you as I asked Nate. Who would you say is your worst pick? Man, I would have to say, out of everyone on here, Paris Campbell, uh, Indiana wide receiver. Yeah. And I, uh, I say that he's my last pick. Looking back at his uh, 2019 uh, statistics, pretty poor. 18 receptions for 127 <laughs> yards. <laughs> uh, but Michael Thomas did that in one game. <laughs> But, you know, uh, ESPN seems to think that he's going to have a big year at 108 and a half points. Put some touch not big. Put some tutties on the board and <laughs> probably get dropped by week three, to be honest. Like six and a half of game. That's not a big year. <laughs> as, not as to a, mention, he, he also has a concussion right now, so he might not even make it to the starting you lineup. You have so many the, uh, on your starting team. So, I haven't even played it down yet. Just to be clear, you drafted their third string, and the second string is still out there. <laughs> uh, this is this is news to me. Uh, I didn't spend the time to go look through the depth charts or watch any YouTube highlight reels on any of these boys. So, uh, you know, maybe you should have, Garrett. Maybe. <laughs> I would, however, like to point out that going into Week One, I do have the highest projected score. Um, that's something I'm pretty proud of going into week one. I'm also feeling really good about being in the, uh, in the West. Yeah. I feel like I'm BS. train on the West and, uh, I'll see you boys in, in the finals, I suppose. Oh, okay. Wow. That's a uh, pretty strong takes out of you, but we really like the energy here. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be a good, good year. Good year. Um, Patrick. Uh, what do you, what do you have to say about your team? It's a team. 
All right. Uh, maybe a little bit more depth on that analysis. <laughs> well, last couple years, I haven't had enough running backs, so I went probably over the top and drafted five running backs off the, off the bat. Holy shit, you have a lot of running backs. Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, and DeAndre Swift to start you, her off. Your second round pick. Who? Joe Mixon. No, he's third. All right. <laughs> it might be he, he's very close to being my least favorite pick or my worst pick. Um, but there was no one there that I wanted, so I figured I'd pick a starting running back. Again, really didn't want to have that problem that I've had the last few years where I've got two and no other options for a flex or for bye weeks or injuries or tough matchups. Yeah, it sounds like the theme this year is that a lot of guys are regretting some decisions they made last year and then possibly overcorrecting. <laughs> hey, I don't think I overcorrected. I think I corrected. Well, you definitely corrected it. <laughs> yes. Then I went with the old T.Y. Hilton and Devontae Parker. I think both of them are going to have much better years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually I, I kind of wanted T.Y. Hilton late in the draft too, but uh, he was long gone before I got to him. Oh, I only drafted him about three positions ahead of his projected, so it wasn't a reach. Nope, wasn't a reach at all. And then Devontae Parker has hopefully Tua, so that's better than whatever he's been having. It's magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's something. <laughs> Every once in a while it is. Yeah, and I say snagged the snake, Stefan Diggs. Okay. Don't like him at all, but I can't tell you any other option for Josh Allen to fire a deep ball to. Um, and that was what he was really good at in Minnesota, so I'll take it. And then we already touched on it, but then I picked up Brandon Cooks, who is the now the second wide receiver in Houston. Wait, Brandon Cooks is in Houston? Yep. <laughs> That's news to me. <laughs> it was to me, too. I was like, ah, shoot, Will Fuller's gone. I, then I happened to look at Houston wide receivers, and his name was there. And I went, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Got a tight end, Evan Ingram, in round 10. Then uh, picked up Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs' replacement, and probably second-best option for Kirk. Yeah, I actually like the Justin Jefferson pick. Yeah, I think he'll be okay. Then uh, my favorite, I know you haven't asked this yet, but just in case there's any doubt, my favorite pick of the entire night, myself or otherwise, at the 12th round, overall pick number 119, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I think if you were to pull everybody else they would probably say that that was not your worst pick because Teddy Bridgewater is good but waiting that long in a quarterback was a bold strategy <laughs> there's a lot of them and honestly if you don't hit the top four or five there's really not a lot of difference between these other guys yeah I mean I had I had Teddy in my queue, and if you didn't pick him up, I was going to get him right after you. Well, kind of good for me. That not going to lie, it's still yeah. my my biggest regret for the Vikings that it, everything worked out the way it did, and we didn't re-sign him because that man deserves the world. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, his story is awesome, obviously, and I think in Carolina. He has more offensive weapons than what people realize, so I could see him having a good year. 
Yeah, and and a division that needs to score. I mean, you have right the the Bucks, the Saints, the other Falcons. t- the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, the other. T- <laughs> well, it's weird because the Falcons usually are the team to beat, or the Saints, and now it's really shifted around that with everything. So, anyways, yeah. then I got my second quarterback with Jared Goff, the Rams, hoping he could not be last year's version, and would much rather have him be the year before's version of Jared Goff. Uh, the yeah. running game also took a step back, so hoping that helps. Um, let's see what else. Then I got Hayden Hurst, who, as I was bored because I had the first pick, which means or second pick, which means you'd get like bang, bang, and then just sitting around. I found that uh, the starting tight end for the Falcons is a guy by the name of Hayden Hurst. So he's on my team, and that's all I know. Round 15, the old Justin Herbert, only to realize that uh, he's not the starter yet. Nope. So (laughs) that is, just to beat you to the punch, that is my biggest regret. Uh, And it has been alleviated already. It is pending in the uh, the queue of fantasy right now. (laughs) Um, And I got the Bucks D because Antoine Winfield Jr. It's really the only reason I can think of. And then I got the Texans kicker, because I like a kicker who kicks inside, and he's got a sweet name, Taimi Fairbairn. Fairbairn. So, Fairbairn. Fairbairn. Um, And then last but not least, in his prime, I'd argue best running back of all time, Adrian Peterson. Uh, Yeah, he's definitely – I mean, I've watched him destroy the Packers enough to – no better than to disagree with that. <laughs> and oddly enough, as again, I had a lot of time in between picks. Is the starter <laughs> with the yep. red, not the Redskins, the other, uh, the football team, um, because they cut Geis because he hit a woman, and they have a rookie as a backup. So it's the AP show at age, I think, thirty-two, thirty-three, might be even you know, more. It's it's so weird because he he's thirty five. Oh my god! <laughs> and still probably in better shape than anyone I know. Oh yeah. So, I guess I'll I gotta come out and ask, what do you think your worst pick was? Uh, I, like I mentioned, it, it was the uh, Justin Herbert. I'm a big fan of his, and I think he'll do great. I forgot they went the sign a veteran for like a one or two year deal. Let him get his feet wet, see how things go. Uh, I was kind of hoping they'd just plug and play because they have a decent enough team um, that they had built around Philip Rivers, but alas, they did not. So that's my yeah. And I, like I said, already have it fixed. It's in the it's in the queue, pending for whenever the heck those go through. Maybe Wednesday. Yeah, I think if he was starting, he probably would be one of the most exciting young quarterbacks, being that he does have really good weapons with Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. But um, he'll probably because because Ty God is he's one of those quarterbacks that'll be like four and three, and they're not going to want to make a switch, and then you kind of lose value there. Right. So. So yeah, how about you? Let's get the rundown. Yeah, 
So, so the so the synopsis of my draft was every pick. I thought that I was that I was stealing value, and then I looked at the team as a whole, and I was trying <laughs> to figure out what the hell happened. <laughs> Classic. So yeah, so I started. I had the eight spot in the draft. Um, I drafted Clyde Edwards Elaire. Uh, he's he's the new rookie running back for Kansas City. Not a lot of competition for touches, and he's supposed to be pretty dynamic. So um, I actually thought of him, even though he's a rookie, a rookie, I thought he kind of had a safe floor with really high upside. Um, and I didn't really like – because Alvin Kamara was still on the board at that point, but he's he's so injury-prone that I went with Elair. Um He's also holding I, out for a contract. Right. And then so I, so I wrapped that around to Josh Jacobs, uh, really good running back for the Raiders. Um the problem is I kept going back to the running back well, and then I got Chris Carson. Who? Um, Chris Carson. He's the starting running back for the Seahawks. Okay. So, and good three-headed uh, backfield that I have. And then I went Adam Thielen and Robert Woods, who are probably the two most boring and yet productive wide receivers that you could take. Um, and then I got Marquise Brown from Baltimore, who's a little bit more of that high upside play. Um, Noah Fant at the tight end spot, which is a name that not a lot of people were probably thinking about, and I wasn't either until I realized that I didn't have a tight end, and it was round 14. Go Hawkeyes. Um, that's right. So <laughs> so I took him, and speaking of the Hawkeyes, his, my backup is TJ Hawkinson. So wow, look at you. I'm kind of just Good hoping thing that you one don't... of them... I think fantasy is the power run formation. That's right. Really dipping into the well that's Iowa football. Yeah, I really went and I doubled down. Because I remember when those guys were pretty highly touted coming out. And I think they were both first-round picks. Um, And obviously, as rookies, they weren't good because rookie tight ends are horrible. But I'm just kind of hoping that one of them ends up being good this year. You never know. And and then... uh, I went with Josh Allen at my first quarterback spot, which sounds worse and worse the more I say it. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I know, he, I know he gets a lot of points. I think he was like quarterback four or five last year. I just, I don't really like watching him, and he just seems so erratic. And there's just a lot more fun quarterbacks out there. So I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'll be willing to trade him if anybody gives me a half decent offer. And then, and yes, that any of you do too. <laughs> That'll be a hard pass for me. All right. Uh, Matt Stafford in my second quarterback slot. Uh, I know he missed time last year with a back injury, but he's supposed to be all right now. So, um, And then Packers D, Mason Crosby at the kicker. I didn't have any Packers in my actual slots because I didn't really like any of them, um, but I still like cheering for them in a fantasy perspective. So I went with the two positions that don't really matter. My bench is really weird. Uh, I mentioned a few guys. So Marquise Brown, DJ Shark, Michael Gallup, and Darius Slayton are my backup wide receivers. Just um, a bunch of alphabet soup. I have no <laughs> idea who any of those guys are. I know. And I was singing the DJ Shark song. He was ranked 55th overall, and I got him at like 89. So I right, feel like I nobody him. knows who he is. Right. And I don't eh. – he's one of those wide receivers that – just gets points in garbage time because Jacksonville's going to be behind. So those points feel dirty. Speaking of garbage time and dirty people, 
I got Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think he's kind of fun, and I like his mustache, so I'd that's, do it. That's a great transition. I think you yeah. should grow one out then. Do you like it so much? Maybe when I start him, I will. Okay. And I, That'll I work. took Ale- <laughs> I took Alexander Madison. Why? <laughs> because I think I I don't know, but I think that. Delvin Cook is going to because he's unhappy about his contract and I know he's he's playing but I have a feeling he's going to do that thing where if he does if he has any sort of like oh my ankle's sore or my knee is sore because you're not paying me I could see him sitting a lot I think just the opposite from what I'm hearing he's playing for a contract because he's realizing that the window for running backs getting big contracts is closing uh, yeah, obviously you see that with a bit of the Leonard Fournette stuff and the Melvin Gordon to an extent where teams are like, I don't want to give you eight, nine, ten million dollars a year when I can use a third or a fourth round pick and get a guy who's eh, good enough yeah. next year. Hmm. Well, then I guess I would need a real injury for that to make any value. Probably. Uh, and then in my last slot, I don't know why I took him. But I did Ty Montgomery. <laughs> For some reason, I pictured that a former wide receiver turned running back would be really fun in Drew Brees' offense. And it probably would be if he didn't have two really good running backs in front of him. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess that's an easy cut and gut later on. I mean, it could be a Darren Sproles, but it could also be a guy who just doesn't see the field. Well, right. And I guess when you're when you're talking about those super late rounds, it's it doesn't really matter, but it is what it is. Uh, to answer my question of the night, what is my worst pick? Do you want a list? <laughs> yeah, that's just it. I don't know. I I guess I would probably say that I don't really love what I did at tight end uh, with Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, mostly because I based that approach on a couple of podcasts that I listened to today. Classic. And I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I wanted Darren Waller, but I think uh, somebody took him. One of the guys not on the pod took him a few picks before I could, and then I just ended up being like, well, if I don't have somebody I really love, I'll just try something, and I don't like what I did. There you go. I don't really like Josh Allen either. So. <laughs> so pretty much your quarterback tight end situation, your bench, and anything else? Uh, no, that's, that's good enough to hit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I think we should all take turns making fun of Brian for a little bit. Oh, absolutely. That's just, so just to kind of fill in anybody who wasn't in this draft, who's listening to this podcast, our friend and former roommate, Brian Ortman doesn't really care much about fantasy, um, (laughs) but we make him play every year because it's the way for us to communicate about things um, and it pisses him off more than anything, so it's funny. <laughs> so, he didn't show up tonight and it went on auto-draft, which as most folks know, means that ESPN takes the top player left on the board up until you need to fill roster spots for certain positions. Which, we should also throw a disclaimer, this has been a very oddly successful strategy that Brian has implemented Um, In recent years, realizing that this was a way to get out of doing even the minimum effort 
of fantasy football. Right. right. Like there, there have been a lot of years where he goes above 500 because when you're getting the top ranked player left, you're getting talent. I mean, you're not getting bad players usually. And in a weird way, it's almost like the experts at ESPN kind of know what they're doing more so than a bunch of random guys in their 20s in the Midwest. I right. can't so like, overthink example, it. He, he ended up getting Alvin Kamara at, like, the nine spot in the draft, I think. Seven. No, because he, he was still available when I went at eight, and Ross went seven. Oh, I thought he was seven. Doesn't matter. It's Doesn't impressive. Matter. The point is, you can't find a lot of fantasy leagues where Alvin Kamara is available at the nine spot. And I'm not going to go through his entire team, but we ended up playing a joke on him where we found out, and this is a two-quarterback league, mind you, we found out that ESPN wasn't going to reach and get him a quarterback before it had to. <laughs> and so he just, I mean, not, I mean, everybody needed to get a bunch of quarterbacks. So by the time ESPN grabbed a couple for him, he got Drew Locke and Derek Carr. <laughs> Round 17 and 18. That's right. His Which last again, picks were the quarterbacks. I will say, because back to my point, they're both, I have it up right now, both projected at 14-3 and 16-8. And my quarterbacks are 15-1 and 14-7. So, he got them six rounds later, and it's roughly the same level. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said about the parity at quarterback for fantasy. But if you if you sign up for a two-quarterback league and you trot out Drew Locke in your one spot, you neglected the position. <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay because he has Matt Andrews at tight end. Everyone's <laughs> favorite tight end. He also has, and bear with me here, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight running backs <laughs> and four wide receivers. His bench is just running backs and wide receivers. So he has no flexibility so far. <laughs> For tight end, quarterback, and obviously defense and kicker. But, I mean, he has no other quarterbacks or tight ends at this at this time. And yet, he's probably going to go 9-5 and five and make the playoffs. He might, because he is in That's, the West, which we, we should talk about. We have the East, which is Ross, Mitch, myself, Nate, and Phil all people who I believe will put forth the effort to at minimum, at at least at minimum, update their lineups every week. The West, you have Garen, Brian, Jack, Nick, and Ryan, who I feel like might get a little loosey-goosey with how often they update, especially if they're not doing very well. (laughs) Yeah, I could absolutely see Jack and Ryan not updating their team past week four. Right. There is a scenario where that happens. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on before we wrap it up here tonight? I miss having your brother in our league. Oh, my God. The, my, my overall favorite pick from any, any fantasy football season had to have been Moneyball first round. It was just so just, funny because he's not even that big of a Badger fan. Just a like, classic pick. 
Yeah. I, and, yeah, this was probably at Moneyball's peak, but at Moneyball's peak, he was a fourth-round, fifth-round selection. Great. It's just so bad. That would have been, what, 2013 season? Um, no, it was... Yeah, it's probably later than that. 15, I think. Yeah. Okay. Huh. But then didn't he also take Eddie Lacy, like, <laughs> really? <laughs> the next year, really early? <laughs> yes. Which. Well, that was also back when Ross would just take Aaron Rodgers in the first round just, just because he thought he was the best player in the league. <laughs> Ross, yeah, Ross helps. With that, he does just make random picks. Let's talk about Ross's team real quick before we go. <laughs> That's always a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we really do. He, he drafted a fantastic team three years ago. <laughs> right. Just been kind so, of riding the coattails from that ever since. Yeah, so, so he has Patrick Mahomes, which is awesome. I mean, you can't get a lot better at the quarterback position. But then the next three slots on his team is Aaron Rodgers, Todd Gurley, and Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Which, again, if it was three years ago, would be winning a league. But it's not, and they're not. <laughs> right. And then, and then Gronk. Yeah. Got to mention Gronk. Yeah. And A.J. Yeah. Green. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Prater. Oh, shit. He got Matt Prater. I was wondering where he went. <laughs> yeah. And then Tom proceeded Prater. his bench. Is the, but his bench is funny because later rounds, I could tell Ross was watching his PBS or whatever four channels he gets on he was, TV. He was watching Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Yeah. But his bench is just hilarious. Ben Roethlisberger, Marvin Jones, who's like 30. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, like 30. A.J. Dillon, which he said before he called it before he picked him. He said, I'm going to make you guys laugh now. He picked A.J. <laughs> Dillon. <laughs> which is such a horrible pick. I was, I mean, as anybody who's listened to this knows, I I love A.J. Dillon. I think he'll be a great player for the success of our team. But he's not going to be good in fantasy. Nope. Not at all. That was a, that was a mid-round pick for Ross, too. It was, was very yeah. high. That was like a seven or eight round. Yep. They picked Tevin Coleman, who's part of a three-man rotation in uh, San Francisco. Sammy Watkins, who's just hot and cold. He picked the Vikings' backup tight end. And then he picked Deshaun Jackson, who hasn't been healthy for more than like four games in the last three years in Philadelphia. Yeah, you start Deshaun Jackson through week three, and then you have to get rid of him. Right. I just love it. It's not quite as good as your brother, but I love it. (laughs) Yep. It's just picking names that he recognizes. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the year. Um, we'll have to have a few guys on every once in a while to kind of talk about the week that was and um, break some stuff down. I, I think we have a good group of guys. It seems like everybody's getting along pretty good. So, Yep. Yep. I'm excited. It's going to be a good year, I think. Yeah. It's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a year. Hope we. Uh, I hope we get further than I think we're going to get. That's the other yeah. thing. Should we take predictions right now? How many games we think actually will get played? Uh, Sure. Let's pass it around. Garen? I'm going to say complete shutdown by week four. Oh, wow. Okay. Phil? Um, 
I think that they're they'll get to about week ten, and they're gonna make some adjustment and scramble to put a playoff format together that they can get done before Christmas. Mm. Interesting. I'm just going a whole season full on. I think they we're good. I think there's too much money behind this that they will figure a way to. But you, you got to think there's also how much money behind college football and they're not playing right now. But that's different. The teams are twice as big. There's way more travel and way more interaction with other people. I, I, could, I could see the NFL doing almost like mini bubbles where like a traveling bubble scenario. Right. You live at this hotel with the team. You get on a bus, you go train, you go work out, you go back to the hotel and you sign up to that for two, three months and they go, we're paying you $20 million. You're going to do it. Yeah. Would make sense. Uh, I mean, I could, I I do think they're going to put their head down and and find a way to make this work. No doubt. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get in all of the games. Especially when you're looking at like a Jags Titans game in week 14, you're like, eh, we don't need to risk COVID for that. <laughs> the other thing, though, I will say is there's the rosters are big enough that they have more flexibility, I think. If, you know, we've seen that in baseball. If you have four people test positive, that's a quarter of your almost a, well, no, it's 20% of your roster for game day. You know, and if you get your infield, you're done. There's, you know, you don't really have a lot of bench or flexibility. If you have that in basketball, if it goes through a team, you know, think of the Bucks. They lose Giannis and Middleton. Okay, that's it's not like you're bringing some guy off the bench. Obviously, right. there's a couple superstars on a team, but you could go deeper and you have more flexibility with a 53-man roster and if, even if they extended it and said 60 this year or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. The NFL is better suited for having a few guys test positive. I think the larger concern is just going to be where society is in about two to three months when it gets cold out and we have flu season. But that's nothing you can predict until we get there. So, All right. I think that'll do it, Eric. Last prediction. No, last prediction. Nope. Who wins the league? Oh, boy. Both real football and fantasy. One of them being slightly more important than the other. I'll let you decide. Uh, Garen, why don't you go ahead? Ooh. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a hot take here. I'm going to say Tom Brady links up just like they did in New England with Rob Gronkowski, and they just run a riot. Okay. Make a deep push. Might not win it. But I think they're going to make a uh, surprise a lot of haters this year. That wasn't like, quite the question, but well, okay. Yeah, you know. But so I, I, I guess I'll just go with them winning it. Okay. And then uh, for fantasy, which I think I'm going to care a little bit more about, I, I think I've got a strong, uh, I think I got a strong team this year, and I'm 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 happy. I'm in the right division to make it to the playoffs. And I'm hoping I can make a strong run when playoff time does come. Okay. All right. Uh, Patrick, you want to go next? Or? Yep. I think 
that that's 49ers. Well, uh, that Super Bowl hangover is hard though. Yeah. But I think it I think it's one of those things where I out of all those dice and I'll say it can go one of two ways. You can either go we tasted it, we've been there, we've done it. Let's do it again or yeah, they're going to go 9 and 7. But I still think in their division, I don't think the Cardinals are ready yet. Um, Seahawks are always the Seahawks, but, you know, whatever. And I think the Rams are still kind of in a weird middle ground, too. Where, again, if the Seahawks and the Rams show up, they can be really tough. If yep. they don't, they could have, you know, they could get, I think they could get anywhere from zero to four wins in those four games. But anyways, in the league, I'm going with Nick. The man has been consistently really good. Yeah. I think he's finished second or third almost every year. Yep. And probably going to break through more than this year, more than any time, because I just think everyone else didn't take this seriously or didn't, not maybe not take it seriously, didn't put in the same level of time and commitment that we might normally do. Yeah. So that's my pick. It's definitely not me. <laughs> so for the NFL, and this actually kind of hurts me to say this, but I actually think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win Super Bowl. Gross. Wow. Um, they have got an, an awesome team. And Mike McCarthy is a coach who can coach an awesome team and be really good. And look at two people at the same time. That's also true. Uh, <laughs> I believe the guy is a strong characteristic of his. So, I don't know. It's going to be annoying as hell if they win. And there isn't a worse fan base out there than the Cowboys when they're halfway decent. But I do think that this is going to be a year that it's going to be hard for them not to win it. Um, in terms of our fantasy league, I was also going to say Nick just because he is just always in the running and he plays the waiver wire better than anybody out there. Um, since Patrick already said that, I guess I'd like to point towards another team just to kind of highlight it. I think that Nate has a really good chance if he doesn't trade away Lamar or Deshaun because having those two, like those two are difference makers at the quarterback slot. And if you can run two of them out every week, that's really special. Now the problem is going to be if the middle of his roster falls out for any reason, and he tries to flip one of those guys for some depth there, then I don't think he's going to be as viable, but I think if he can hold on to his quarterbacks, he's going to be tough to beat. I mean, he, we already talked about the fact that he drafted Cardinals wide receivers in the two and three slot. Um, he did he mention? Did I miss this? That he drafted Leonard Fournette, who isn't on a team currently. Yeah, but I actually kind of like that pick. Why? Well, because all I mean, he didn't draft him high. It was later in the in the night, and all it takes is for him to get um, sto- stored away on a team. Like, because if if you're an NFL team that picks up Leonard Fournette, you're going to use him. Like, you're, you're going to use him quite a bit because that's all he's good for. So if he gets picked up somewhere, he has value, which is more than you can say about a lot of the guys available at that slot. So I thought it was fine. Okay. That's my rebuttal. 
I think it's going to completely implode. That's fine. <laughs> but, all right. I think that's a good spot. Let's call it. I agree. Grass over. Season starting. Might be ending. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's all up in the air. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good night. Or don't. Yeah.